We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. Outside the blue door. He'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back. Gets up the shot. Bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Wednesday, May 11th as we are six days away from a pivotal moment for the OKC Thunder rebuild, the NBA Draft Lottery. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got my guy Kamiar with me tonight. I'm just hanging out and waiting to be maybe disappointed like we all were last year. Yeah, I'm Trying not to think about it. I've also got J.D. Silva with me. Fellas. Gentlemen, we started to get ready for this podcast. And the Boston Celtics were up like 14. And now it looks like they are going to lose game five in Boston. Yeah, it's over. It's over. They won. Oh, is it officially over? Yeah, uh, that Drew Holiday block on Marcus Smart with like four seconds left was it. What a bunch of nerds. They totally got up and they were like, this game's over. And like while Giannis is on the other team, right? <laughs> like, like as if the MVP hasn't been on the other team. And uh, yeah, that's it, what happens when you don't take playoff basketball seriously. Like you have to play every minute of the damn game. That's This series has just been incredible. And I firmly believe that the winner of this series is going to the NBA Finals over Miami or Philly. Uh, yeah. I think I think one of these two teams is going to win that Eastern Conference Finals pretty easily. Who will they face? Yeah, that's a better question. Because prob- You probably have to put your money on Miami right now considering they're up 3-2, right? <laughs> Sorry, I meant in the finals. In oh. The finals. Oh. I know. My I'm, heart I'm still wants Phoenix. I'm still going Phoenix. Phoenix. Still my going heart Phoenix. wants Phoenix, but the Warriors scare me from... It's Warriors have been playing well. The, yeah, the Warriors have been playing more than well. They look a lot better than the the Suns right now. Well, yeah. if Dylan Brooks didn't have his head up his butt, Memphis should be up 2-1 right now. It's kind of disappointing. Not not 2-1. What's that series? It's 3-1 three, 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 one one. now. 3-1. It should so be 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. It should have been 2-2. Two, two. Um, yeah. 
I think Memphis has played that series really well. Just the Warriors have the Warriors know how to win in the playoffs. And I don't know if Memphis is there yet with all those young guys. They just they haven't experienced this yet. Mm-hmm. And Jaws out for the for till next season. Yeah. So really sucks for them. Yep. Um Come here, Silva. We have, like we mentioned, the NBA draft lottery approaching a pivotal moment uh, for the Thunder rebuild. So what I wanted to do tonight, we only have one more podcast before the the lottery balls fall and we know where the Thunder will be selecting. So I wanted to start off the show tonight looking at the top 15 in this year's draft. And and this is kind of arbitrary because we don't know if this will be the top 15. Um, We're taking a guess here. But I wanted to look at these 15 players and uh, for us to come up with comps for them. I know that player comps are like subjective and they're never right. I think just as human beings, we like to comp things uh, to something we already know. So by no stretch of the imagination are we uh, like saying these players are going to end up like this. I think comps are kind of unfair, but I think they're also insightful. So I want to comp these top 15 this year, um, see kind of what type of players we think they're going to end up like, and then evaluate which one of those players fits best for the next puzzle piece in Oklahoma City. Uh, let's start at the bottom and work our way up, shall we? We'll start with player number 15 on our list, which is Ochai Agbaji. If you get now, I guess we have to determine how are we comping these guys? Is it like, I don't think we should comp their absolute top of the line ceiling because I don't think that's really fair. I, you know, like most players don't hit the very, very highest ceiling they can. But what type of player, like we think 75, 80, 85% of their ceiling is like what, what they, what we imagine they will end up looking like in the league? Yeah. I, uh, the most I've watched of is it, Ochai, Oshay Agbaji, Ochai, Ochai. Okay, Ochai Agbaji. Uh, the most I watched of him was in the Final Four and in the championship game when with Kansas, of course. I was looking to see like what kind of a what kind of juice he had as like a primary scorer. Didn't didn't see a lot. I think in the NBA he's gonna slot in early on and be a I don't know I don't know if I should say three and D, but a good defender right out of the gate. Uh, I know the Ringer has him compared to Jay Crowder. That one seems fair. I don't know if he's going to be as big as as Jay Crowder uh, and be able to guard guys as big as the guys that Jay Crowder guards. Do you guys feel like that's a fair comp for him, Jacob? You may have watched more of him than I have. Um, I have not. I you know I imagine Kamiar has maybe watched the most because I haven't watched much of him. Kamiar keeps up with Big Twelve basketball way more than I do. Yeah. So I imagine Kamiar maybe has a little more insight into him. Yeah, I, I have to just by the nature of like what I do. But like, uh, yeah, but uh, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Obagi. Um, You know, like like yeah, the ringer says his his comp is Jay Crowder, but the guy is six five. Um, he's not very thick. Uh, Jay Crowder is like what six eight, uh, pretty thick. I mean, of course you can put that muscle on, but you can't grow three inches. Oh, I guess you could, but. He's not a freshman. The guy is in his senior year. He's already 22. He's older than most of the Thunder roster. Um, and that's another reason why I wouldn't spend any time thinking about him in the first in that first round and in, in general um, for OKC. Um, but no, uh, somebody, I mean, like maybe Tabo Cephalosha. You got a guy that solid on defense, very, very solid on defense. 
but at the same time, um, not a thicker guy, not a very massive guy, even though Tabo, I think, was like 6'7-ish, so maybe a, sh- a, sh- a shorter Tabo, um, streaky shooter, um, but not a guy that's going to get you 12 buckets, 12, 12 points a night. He's he's going to be more like a guy that gets you like 6, 7, and 1, uh, but plays a great defense on the wing. That's good, the kind of guy you're getting in him. Yeah, I also wonder how close is he to his ceiling already, considering that age, Kamiar. There's not as much of a runway with him. He's, I think he's almost w- at where he's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I don't like the Jay Crowder comp because that's a little too big. Um, I don't know how tall Jay Crowder is. Isn't Jay like 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, yeah. Yeah, Something and he like guards that. fours. Jay Crowder guards fours. I don't yeah, know. If I don't think I think Agbaji is going to guard like twos. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, I I have a hard time coming up with a a comp for him. Is he like Contavious Caldwell Pope? That's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking someone like that, or like a Derek Jones Jr. Somewhere in that in that range yeah he seems like a guy that i mean they haven't projected around pick 17 a team like the jazz could actually use since they don't have like hardly any decent to good perimeter defenders outside of like royce o'neal so he could i think he could come in and help a team like that but kind of like you were saying he's probably already close to what his ceiling's gonna be yeah i think he's a career role player slash bench guy is that yeah. fair would you guys agree with that uh yeah, he yeah. starts on the right team <laughs> Yeah, it it just depends. Like he's he's not a guy that really impresses me. Um, but I could see him on the bench somewhere in the NBA, and then eventually going to the G League. If we're being honest, um, I think he's also getting a lot more hype just because Kansas won a national title and he got a lot of exposure, mm-hmm. and he played really well during this during the tournament. I think that's fair. Uh, let's move on to our next guy. Number fourteen is Mark Williams, the big man out of Duke. I really like Mark Williams, actually. Uh, Watched a lot of him during the NCAA tournament also. Uh, I think if the Thunder could end up with a guy like that later in the draft, uh, that would be awesome. I think uh, the team he ends up on is going to be huge for him. Um, They have him comped to Robert Williams. Uh, Robert Williams is awesome, Uh, and I think Mark Williams could eventually be that, uh, but it might take a while. And he is uh, a little bit older as well. I believe Mark Williams is a sophomore. He's almost 20 and a half already. Um, To me, Mark Williams is a defensive guy, a play finisher. He looks a little thin to me, even though he's at 240. I feel like he can put more muscle onto his frame. Mm -hmm. I see, I, I know this comp's been made a lot with him, but style of play, I just see DeAndre Jordan here. A guy that you never want dribbling the ball a guy that's not going to play make or anything, basically a guy that can finish lobs, can rebound, can block shots and can guard uh, within 10 feet of the basket and uh, just be a rim deterrent. See, I, I think he, how much, how much have you watched on him? I mean, I've watched a handful because I watched a lot of Paulo. And so by nature of watching Paulo, you also see guys like uh, Trevor Keels and, and Mark Williams and AJ Griffin and stuff as well. He's, he moves his feet well, I think, on the perimeter defensively. Like, I think he'll be able to contain out there a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's philosophy is every ever going to be, like, switch everything with him. 
Um, I don't see him being like a super versatile defender. I mean, he's seven foot, right? Uh, he's got a seven foot seven wingspan. Uh, the guy is, uh, from what I've seen from the uh, film I've like looked at, uh, because I just watch a ton of college basketball. He's more than capable of, of course, he's not a guy that you want dribbling the ball and driving the ball, but he's more than capable, like being like in that Steven Adams, Nick Carlson role that you'll be able to take a, actually a couple of like productive dribbles into the paint. Um, he's a dude that's going to crash the glass and get you a ton of offensive rebounds. And he's also a dude that's going to run in transition um, and get up lobs. Uh, so like you're getting a solid defender, a guy with the massive wingspan um, and basically a guy that could be somebody like, uh, I don't know how, I, I don't know how, how, how much he weighs, um, but you're getting a guy that, okay, 242 pounds. So you're going to guy that could fill out to about 270 uh, if you wanted to, and really be something special as a defensive force in the league. But at the end of the day, that really only puts him at like, you know, like JaVale McGee at some point, which is made of career in the league. Yeah, maybe a good comp. I kind of like the JaVale McGee one, but not dumb, like not early career JaVale. Yeah. Yeah. Because yep. JaVale's good now with yeah, like, like Chris Paul and he's been gotten older and, and matured, you know? Yeah. He's he also had to end up with the Warriors. Was with the Warriors and got on actual good teams with good coaches with great chemistry that involved teamwork instead of like, Malone when he was with Denver, right? Was he with Denver with Malone, or am I wrong? I don't know. He started out in Washington in a bad situation, and then just kind of went. He, you know, kind of went. He became the star of Shaq. Am I Denver crazy, or I thought McGee's played in Denver? Am I or am I? I he did. He did. Insane. He did. He's yeah. played okay. on a lot of teams, though. And it's hard so, to keep track of all of them. Like you go to a culture like the Warriors, and then you go to a culture like the Suns. Uh, it's going to take your game to another level. One hundred percent. But. but I think his passing ability, uh, his passing ability is okay. Uh, I wouldn't say it's great, and that's the whole thing about his game is that he can dribble a little bit, but uh, his passing game isn't very good. His hands, just in general, um, at the NBA speed, it'll take him a couple of years to catch up. I think he he like, if he played in his substantial minutes in his first year at a, in OKC, if he were to be drafted by them you would think he was Kendrick Perkins as far as like having hands made of rocks instead of actual trying fingers. to kiss the ball with fists. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and that's, that's kind of where I'm getting that from him. But I mean, he's like a rim protector, uh, you know, seven foot, seven foot seven wingspan, Mo Bamba shot blocker kind of guy mm-hmm. can dribble a little bit. Uh, he's got a little bit of high, higher IQ just by playing at Duke. And again, getting all that exposure once again in the NCAA tournament, Yep, and he did have a good tournament. I I think at the end of the day, his most achievable ceiling is like a role-playing big man in the league um, who's good against certain matchups and sometimes is uh, not going to be on the floor in favor of playing small, which is nearly every big man in the league unless your name is Embiid or Giannis or Jokic, right? Yeah, at, uh, some, point our, we'll, at some point we'll sign a contract for 8 to $10 million a year and that'll be it. Just be on yeah. that contract for the rest of his career. Uh, next up, number 13, we probably got, we've gone 15 minutes and talked about two guys, uh, Usman Jang. So give me your thoughts on Jang real quick. All right. I know you love this guy. So tell me if this is way off base. It, okay. So he's 6'10", taller than I thought he was actually, is a young, maybe more defensively versatile Gallinari too much? 
The dude I think that's is garbage from the field. He yeah, can't, he he lay he he lays more bricks than like all these towns in Oklahoma that get demolished by tornadoes. <laughs> There's no way like the like, the 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 book on him is the second half of his season. Uh, the first half in New Zealand, he was awful, like mm-hmm. really really bad. And the second half is when he started to to turn it on, play better, uh, play out of the pick and roll a lot more. I don't know if um, Gallo is the right comp for him. I think he moves a little bit better than Gallo, especially defensively. Um, I'm looking at, we've been using the ringer a lot. I think Kevin O'Connor does a great job on his shades of, um, I don't know about the Brandon Ingram shades. Uh, I think that's just because of the skinniness and the height of him. Mm -hmm. Um, He can run a little bit of pick and roll though. Uh, He's a pretty versatile defender. I think this is one's kind of a throwback, but, um, KOC also has prime Chandler Parsons, like pre Dallas Mavericks Chandler Parsons. Mm-hmm. I think that one's kind of interesting. Who's the young guy from Minnesota, McDaniel's? Oh Maybe yeah, that's that yeah. might be a good comp as well. Right? They're mm-hmm. kind of the same body style. Yep, can be uh, can defend like two, three, four probably in the league. Um, and he's really young. He just turned nineteen years old. So. Dude just reminds me of a different like body style of what Jeremy Grant is. Oh, that's interesting. Like, if he could fill out like Jeremy Grant, there could like, be something there. And the reasons why I say that is because again, he's not a good shooter. Now, like in like Jeremy Grant in his early years at OKC, even when he was with OKC, because of, he played with Russ, right? Um, you were just getting spot up threes. And the, what's unique about him is that I guess maybe more more or less Pascal Siakam, uh, but shooting bricks than Jeremy Grant. That makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. uh, because he has the ability to play make. Um, that that's one of his attributes is like being a, really having the ball on a string. He is a just by being six ten, but having that lateral mobility, especially early early on in your career, force of wanes over your career. Um, so of course he would add, need to have, add more weight to his frame and more muscle to his frame as he got older. Um, but it makes him a versatile defender on the wing. He could go body up on guys, even at the center position, depending upon what, who you're playing against, um, because of his wingspan, because he's already six foot 10 and, but like he just, he, he can't shoot. He creates space to shoot. He loves to shoot. Um, but he, he cannot, he cannot make those buckets. I mean, of course, like, did he get better as he got more chances? Yeah. If I, if I shoot the ball 10 times instead of five times, it's more likely that I'm going to shoot better and get into more of a rhythm. Um, but I don't think he's like anything special. Like I know, like I know there are other people on the podcast that think highly of Usman. Um, but, uh, I'm not really a fan. I think he has a very high ceiling. Now, how achievable that ceiling is, I don't really know. Um, so so let's start adding. I, I know we haven't done this yet, but let's start kind of sprinkling this in. Do we think he fits with Oklahoma City? If if Oklahoma City's goal is to be to not add an impactful player, uh, which I'm assuming he'd be more in the Clippers pick range here Mm -hmm. if their goal is to maybe add a more of a prospect than an impactful player with that pick yes like if they're okay taking three years for this guy to drafting him feels like poku 2.0 exactly is that fair there's a ceiling there we don't know if it's achievable at all um he's young he's long he's versatile 
this is a throw some stuff at the wall and see if it sticks kind of kind of guy. Right. How yeah. similar is he to Veet? I think he moves a lot better than Veet. But Veet can shoot the piss out of the ball too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Veet can really shoot it. All right, next guy. Uh, a guy that I am a big fan of, Dyson Daniels. How much stock do we put into him as a fit in OKC uh, with him being Australian? <laughs> Check mark number one for Sam Presti. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I already have a Dyson Daniels comp locked and loaded and ready to go. Dyson is 6'6", 200 pounds. Um, he's only 19 years old. Shot a whopping 25% from three in the G League. More of a playmaker slasher um, type of player. Dyson Daniels is what Dante Exum was supposed to be. Okay. I Australian like point I really guard, like lanky, uh-huh. has some, have some bounce, has some athleticism. Mm-hmm. Now maybe Dyson ends up just like Dante Exum and, and doesn't pan out and just can never find it. Um, but I, to me, he is, he's Dante Exum 2.0 and you just hope this time it sticks. I don't, he, he makes me think of Tory Craig. I mean, like Tory Craig, if he had Tory Craig, if he had like handles, right. Uh, because Dyson Daniels can actually, you know, he, he, again, he has some really good ball skills, handling the ball, passing the ball. Um, but like the whole deal about him that makes him really special about it in particular is that he is a really, really, really versatile defender. He's mm-hmm. uh, he can defend all over the court despite only being six foot six. He hustles uh, like he just hustles so much on the court. Um, and he's like an energy. He's like he seems like an energy guy to me. He doesn't seem like he's gonna be actively always playing. Um, maybe like you know like a, a limited bench role, like 13, 14 minutes off the bench. But like he doesn't seem like a guy that's really any special. And of course, then I mean he's like at the end of the lottery, so that would make sense. But I mean, seventy-three percent from the from from the from the line, twenty-five percent from three. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, he also averaged four assists and eleven points. So, I mean, people could say Kyle Anderson. People could say Evan Turner, as you mentioned earlier about KOC. Um, but I, I see just like a, a dude that's like Tory Craig, but actually can handle the ball and pass it a little bit. I think glue guy is a good word for him. He's never, I don't foresee him ever like being a go-to guy, being a star, being a scorer, but I see him as a, a guy that connects the rest of the team as like a secondary ball handler, passer type of guy. Like if he's, if he's coming off the bench for OKC in three years, you feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Do you guys think he is a an Oklahoma City fit? No, I think I think Oklahoma City has too much of the same thing right now. Actually, I think that's fair. I think he kind of gets lumped into a very packed backcourt in OKC. Uh, but that, that that's assuming everybody returns, though. So yeah, very true, very mm-hmm. true. Next guy, Jalen Duran. Lots of talk about Jalen Duran uh, from a lot of people. Where do you guys fall on Duran? I love Duran. Now, let me tell you why. Uh, the dude is athletic as all get out. I mean, he is, he, he's a runner. He's not like one of these bigs like Rudy Gobert where they, where they run up the court. It looks like there's a stick up his butt. 
and like he's not he can't get down there as fast like he, that dude is athletic and he's thick he's 610 230 i know they would be adding more weight to his frame but like he 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 could be like if he really wanted to he could be a john collins guy if he really worked on his jumper that's how i feel about him like he is an elite shot blocker. He has incredible lateral motion, especially from the weak side. He, You get him the ball on the inside more times than not. He's going to finish. And it's like it, he, he doesn't, even in college, he doesn't take that hesitation dribble that a lot of rookies do that their first year or two years in the NBA. You know how they catch the ball on the inside? And like they kind of like take that hesitation dribble before they go back up. He just goes straight back up, and that's so that's already like NBA ready skills. He's a dude that's going to kill it in the pick and roll, which is something that OKC has been missing for a very very long time. A big that can actually run a pick and roll and dunk in the pick and roll. Um, the other the things that like people are like not happy with him about as far as like why he's not rated higher on many mock drafts are just because he's so young. Uh, he is 18. Uh, by the time he he's drafted, he will be 18. And so there will be a learning curve, but he certainly has the tools to be something pretty special that I'm on board with. I've been adamant about it for the entire time that uh, I, I I need a big wing. Like he could play the four if they, if they wanted him to. Um, or or small ball five, or just five in general, just seeing where he goes because he's a, an excellent passer as well. Um, so I I like it. I, I want a rim running guy that's athletic and that's also gonna get you a ton of rebounds and alter shots. That's what you're looking for in this today's game. And you're seeing dudes like Jaron Jackson Jr. and other players that they start working on their outside shots. So I like him. I think there's a chance that he can shoot it. Uh, I think there's been some. S- there's been some signs, some some moments where it looks like there's a little bit of playmaking, catching it down low, drawing the double team and and doing that wraparound baseline pass to the opposite corner. Um, some some hints of some high basketball IQ in there, not just I'm super big, so I'm going to overpower everybody. And and call me. I think the biggest thing you mentioned it. He's supposed to be a senior in high school right now. He's not, he wasn't supposed to come to college until next year. He, um, uh, God, why, why am I going blank? What's it called? Whenever you, uh, move forward a year, uh, in order to you skip a year. Well, there's, I thought there's like some specific term that I'm struggling to grab, but yeah, he basically, (laughs) um, he, he got, went, went to the, the college ranks a year early, um, in order to get this experience. Now, uh, Memphis struggled really bad early. Uh, they got better later on in the season, especially on their tournament run. Um, he's a really interesting guy. And if you can get him into a a franchise that is going to take the time and and focus on the fundamentals with him, I think you can really uh, mold him into something that you want. And I kind of like the comp for him of like, Silva, I think you mentioned this one earlier, but I like Robert Williams for a comp here, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a Robert Williams that can space out a little bit more. Uh, if the jumper comes around along where Robert Williams with Boston is just like almost strictly a, a lob catcher. Um, but I think defensively Robert Williams is a good comp as far as like size, mobility, shot blocking, etc. Yeah. Sam Presti talks a lot in his post game or his end of season presser about how 
this team will not be competitive until they are more physical. And I think he fits that exactly. I think he would fill a major, major hole in the roster. Yeah. So he's a, he's a fascinating one that, I mean, I've said it on the pod multiple times. If you get a guy like Jalen Duran, uh, Josh Gideon and Shea Gilgis Alexander instantly get combined four more assists per game just off lobs alone. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, how many times did we see somebody catch a lob in Oklahoma city this year? It's like never. I think Trey yeah. Mann caught one. Yeah. Olivier um, Saar, I think, was like the only guy who yeah. really did that. Uh, yep. Somebody like like a Jalen Duran could be a a big time lob threat, uh, get really easy points um off the feeds of of Josh and Shea. Next guy on the list, Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. Six man out of Baylor. Um, I guess I'll kick us off with this one. Sohan, the the vibe, just as far as the energy I get from him, is like, maybe it's just because the dude dyes his hair a lot. I get some Draymond Green, um, Dennis Rodman, bad boy, just like Fs with everybody. He's going to push, going to shove, going to bite, going to tug on your shorts, uh, going to talk a lot of trash type of vibe from him. Um I don't know. I just, I think that's kind of fun. He's, I think he's going to be the kind of player in the league where 29 fan bases are going to hate the piss out of this guy. And whoever has him on their team is going to love him. I think it'd be a ton of fun to watch him play in Oklahoma city too. I, I don't know what that means for, I think that probably says a lot about what they think about Darius Baisley. If they draft him, um, I mean, maybe, maybe he can play the five in certain sense. He's six, nine. So he'd be playing up a little bit in uh, height wise, but uh, I think he would be awesome on this team. They now they compare him to Ben Simmons and Draymond Green, both of whom are excellent passers. Do you think he has that in him? No, I, I hate it. I, I hate the idea of drafting this dude. He is like we that that, that that was the question I asked you guys to talk about on the pod the other night. Do you want a specialist or you want a guy that's good at several things or like m- m- minorly good at several things? This dude is Sam Presti's old no- mold. This guy is like, I'm not saying he's Andre Robertson, but I mean, like, if there's anybody that is Tabo Sefalosha with an edge, that's the guy. He's, he's going to play, threat. De- not a threat he's gonna at play all. defense. He's going to pump fake. He's not going to shoot and make a ton of shots for you. That's just simply put. And he's the old mold of what the Thunder were. And is, it is clearly not what the Thunder are heading into under, in my opinion. I mean, like, the dude is a defensive specialist. And he can, yes, he has a handle, just like a lot of players these days on AAU teams. And, like, because of, like, how you have to be on AAU. Because, like, certain AAU teams, they share the ball. Other times, you just have to play like Kobe and just take the ball. And so, like, he has to be able to play make. And so he's, he's also very young. He's, he's also, what, 20? How old is he? 19. Just turned 19. 19? Okay, 19. So um, he's young, but at the end of the day, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to be anything more than a defensive specialist than he ever was. And I think that's the total opposite direction that OKC is heading right now. Interesting. I could see somebody taking a swing on... Uh, the jumper coming around. Uh, Nick and I talked a little bit about Sohan on the Twitter spaces the other night. I think the the absolute ceiling for him, like if you get everything out of him you want, he seems like Denver's Aaron Gordon. Not Orlando Aaron Gordon, where he was like a focal point, 
but like this role playing kind of jack of all trades. He's your big defensive guy. Uh, maybe he ends up being able to hit catch and shoot threes a little bit. Um, I think at his top end, if he if he peaks out where you want him to, I see him being um, Denver Aaron Gordon, not Orlando Aaron Gordon. Like fourth or fifth, fourth or fifth best player on a good, good team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind of a, a versatile jack of all trades. Can do is a good defender offensively. Can do everything, but not great. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great passer. He's not a great dribbler. Uh, he's not a great post up guy. But he can do those things. Maybe like. A Grant Williams? Yeah. I think he's got the same size as Grant Williams. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Kamiar, you seem pretty firm that you are against this fit on Oklahoma City just because the style of player Presti has drafted. He's changing. It's, it's, it's clear. It's clear that he has shifted from one thing to the other, right? I mean, that's, that's the reason why I asked the question because you went from having Kevin Durant, who is the most elite scorer in the NBA, uh, to and and Russell Westbrook, who is the most athletic player in the NBA in NBA history as well, <clears throat> and you surrounded them with specialists. But now you've got Shea, who could develop into something even more special because we have to keep on reminding ourselves: people don't hit their NBA prime until they're like twenty-seven, mm-hmm. and this team is filled with players twenty-four and younger. Um, so that's, uh, you got a few seasons ahead of you that are, that could be really special. Uh, if you, if you had the right people, but, um, yeah, there's, there's no way. I mean, like this team is going in the way of specialists and not, I mean, not specialists, but guys that can do several things. Well, versatility in, in versatility, but also, um, because I think they found out the hard way that yes, although you have specialists, those specialists don't necessarily move the ball well. They don't necessarily see the court as well as far as being like a ball handler, passing the ball, et cetera, getting those extra assists because those Chris Paul years and these past two these past two years of tanking, you've seen a totally different system. You've seen ball sharing going like crazy. You see the you don't see Shea being the lead the leading the team in assists. You see Giddy, but you have other people not far behind because of the system they play in, and that doesn't happen when you have specialists. That's fair. Uh, let's move on to maybe my least favorite guy, Keegan yeah, Murray. Ha- yeah, not a fan. He like if you're you already have GRE. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people comp Keegan Murray's ceiling to Tobias Harris. That's what I was thinking too. And a lot of people say, "Hey, that's a that's a good player. Uh, if if he's productive, like Los Angeles Clippers, Tobias Harris, that scares the crap out of me. Because you know what happened to Tobias Harris? He got maxed. Yeah. And maxing a guy like Tobias Harris, nothing against Tobias, but maxing a guy like Tobias Harris to a five year full maximum contract uh, is what kills your books and and lowers your ceiling as a team. I'm Which just mind. And he's older. I. I don't know how this works, but this man is, I'm trying to find him on the sheet here. He is a sophomore who is 22 years old. Yeah. Yikes. Like he's an elder statesman. Um, He's yeah. I, he's not high on my list. I don't think he'd be high on the thunders list. He feels born to be an Indiana Pacer. I totally agree with that. This guy screams Indiana to me. Just like Chris Duarte did last season. Mm Mm-hmm. Do we have to talk any more about Keegan Murray? Can we move no. on? Yeah, we can. We can move okay. on. 
here's an interesting one. Uh, number eight on our list, Johnny Davis, the combo guard out of Wisconsin. I don't mind this guy. Um, he is, he could be like that sixth man guy that comes off the bench is like a microwave kind of score. Um, he's, he, he can make tough shots in the mid range. Uh, I know he was only 33% from three, uh, but I think he can really improve. He's kind of like a, a playmaker. Like he's not afraid to do step backs like Dion waiters kind of stuff, even though that's not his build yet. Uh, he is six, five, he's one ninety five. He averaged 20, uh, 20 points and eight, eight rebounds. Um, he's so he's a lengthy though. Like his, his, his wingspan, I think is like six, eight, somewhere around there, six, eight. Um, but like the, the main issue is that it, he's, he's not a defender. Like, and of course to get on, to play on OKC, you, you need to defend. That's what took a lot of players off the court this year. So, um, I think if OKC took him, it would be, a in mind as an offensive microwave that they can mold into something special, but also teach him how to play at least positional defense. Uh, but as far as OKC, like it seems like one of their, their main priorities all the time is can you play defense because defense travels shot making doesn't always travel. Um, and, um, that's a big part of their philosophy. So I don't know if he'd be a good fit in OKC just because of the philosophy. That's fair. Um, Silva, if the Thunder drafted Johnny Davis, say he's there at 10 and they trade 12 and something else to move up to 10 to grab him. Does he come into Oklahoma city already ahead in the pecking order of Trey man? I don't think so. Um, they're no. about the same size. They are. Kind of the same type of player. I think Trey's got a lot more wiggle to him. I think it's a, a lot easier to put Trey in a lineup than it is to put Johnny Davis in a lineup because of the shooting. Like, I don't know if Johnny Davis is that much of a modern NBA player. So it's harder to fit him into different team landscapes. That's interesting. Um, I think of all the players we've talked about so far, Johnny Davis has the most star potential of the ones we've talked about so far, not the right. ones yet to come. Um, a comp for him, I think, is like... Just his style of play and the kind of the tough shots he takes. He's like 70% of Dwayne Wade. Right? Nowhere near mm -hmm. like the impact player of Dwayne yeah. Wade, but the style of play, I can see some Dwayne. And that's why I said that's why I said Dion. Like he is <laughs> not <laughs> he's not efficient. He's not as efficient as D Wade, but he wanted to be known as Kobe Wade. Remember? That's Dion's yep. nickname for himself. So like he's not a consistent three point shooter, but he could be like he could go like like Dion was he played well in OKC, mm -hmm. uh, especially from the corners. And if that's the only threes you're asking him to make are spot up threes in the corners, that's the easiest shot in the NBA. That a corner three, it's the shortest distance from the basket to get the most the maximum amount of points. And he's already shown the ability to play make. That's his whole deal. That's his bag. It's just. He is not good defensively, yeah. and it's not physical limitations, though. I think it was because he was such a high priority on that team uh, as an offensive scorer. It, you can only play so much defense, but at the same time, that I think that's an excuse that gets overused because the same was said of Buddy Heald, and his defense isn't very great either. Yeah, I could see him being a spur. Yeah, I could see that. That makes some sense. 
Uh, let's move on to our next guy, uh, another interesting one, Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Um, I have a comp for this one that I'm interested to see how you guys feel about it. I think uh, I like Benedict- how you said Benedict instead of just Ben. I'm giving the man his respect. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think. I think Benedicts get bad names because of the Arnold guy, like yeah. you know, Benedict Arnold during the the Revolution. Cumberbatch is thriving these days. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, all right, true. Ben Matherin. We'll just call him Matherin. My comp for him is single season OKC Victor Oladipo. Mm. There's a lot of bounce, a lot of athleticism. He's not going to be a lead guard. Um, you probably feel better about him cutting, uh, uh, finishing on the break, uh, shooting some spot up threes. There's some defensive upside in there. I don't think he's like all NBA Indiana Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. I think it's closer to Oklahoma City fit into a role of Victor Oladipo. So you need him to be on the same team as Russ in his rookie year. That way, the next season, he is incredible. There you go. Except in this case, Russ is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Right. I kind of like this fit. Like, I think he'd slide in nice at the three for Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, I think there's some upside there. Uh, from what so, I, I understand then, of him, he's got like a rough background. Is that, uh, just, a be- is it, is that just a bench roll then? It could be. I mean, if he hits his absolute ceiling, I mean, he could be, you know, maybe he develops more into a, uh, I don't know. So then you, a then Paul George esque type player. I, was gonna say is, Brown. I don't is, think, yeah, that, I don't think he gets there though. That's assuming that then you're talking about like OKC roster development and players will be missing by then. Yes. Okay. Gotta and just right everything place. hits right for this kid. Mm-hmm. Because I think he's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, if he's there at 12, because that's what's likely to happen with that Clippers pick. Um, uh, or, not, or not 12, but whatever, wherever they're at, 12, right? Yeah, 12. Okay. If he was if there he, at 12, I'd be if, pretty happy. If he's there at 12, uh, you take him, in my opinion. He is a guy that 38% from three. He you know, he can get better at the line. He's 75%. Shea could get better at the line, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, but, uh, he could also uh, get better at the line. Matherin, uh, you know, Matherin, you know, he's in Oklahoma. That would be, that'd be a great shirt. Actually. <laughs> it is Oklahoma. Uh, anyways, but, uh, no, cause he, he, the only thing that's like a big drawback for him is not his defense. It's just like his consistency mm-hmm. about, especially it. off ball. He gets and lost a lot off ball. That's the, he. He's still young. He's 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 twenty, right? He just turned twenty. Uh, that could that you can work around that, and that that's the reason why you know Mark is so keen on saying you know like you got to get eat your broccoli before you eat your skittles. You know, you know dumb stuff like that. Like I think they could really get him to buy in because that dude could actually be that microwave score because. It's not like defense is a problem. It's not like he's just bad at it. He it's, it's situationally either. Yeah. He's just not consistent. He's got to be defense. engaged more on that end. Yeah. I think. And I think he I loses think, engagement a lot. Exactly. I, I think it with the challenge, especially with the coach that cusses you out like Mark, which is none of the coaches OKC's had before, which is another direction that OKC is going, which is different that people need to recognize. I think he'd be a good fit for OKC. I like. It. I think he'd be pretty fun. I think he's a he's a fun player. I think he could develop, especially being around playmakers and not being like a lead guy like he is in Arizona, I think would allow him to simplify that offensive game a little bit more. And you tell him, 
cut, shoot it when you're open, and play your ass off on defense. Like that's what they would tell him from day one, I think. Uh, and then start building from there. I think he could be a really interesting piece. He's listed at 6'6", 210 pounds. Um, I mean, I think he could probably gain a little more weight. Most young guys in the league do. Um, even if he stays at 6'6", six, six, I assume he's got like 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", wingspan. Like, he's got the physical tools. And he's Canadian. Lou Dort loves him. Oh, hell yeah. That's, a, that's another buy-in for me. Next... I mentioned if you guys feel the same way about this guy as you did about Ben, uh, AJ Griffin at a Duke. Is he, I, I've always thought of him as like a prime West Matthews. I don't know if that's too low. I think that's interesting. High. He's, um, I believe he is the youngest guy in the draft. Uh, yeah, he's still, he's, he's still 18. Yeah. He's, I think he's uh, like a couple months older than, uh, Duran. Oh, okay. There you go. That, I think 18. that's right. Uh, shot 48% from three on 120 attempts, not a small sample size. The big worry about him, there's not a lot of burst. The athleticism, the pop isn't there. If you watch video of him from his high school years, this dude was a freak, but knee injuries kind of plagued him. Now it becomes a big question like, and that's are those why systemic? It's a no. That's yeah. why it's a no, because it's, he's had a Taking him high is a gamble energy. because of that. Yeah, he's had a history of injuries, just like you saw with Michael Porter Jr. Like, hey, you know, his back could be an issue. And even though, like, this dude can give you, he, he's 6'6, right? Dude has a seven foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. That's 225 wild. pounds. That's wild. Big he thing. already looks like Jimmy Butler. And so, like, yeah, he, he could play so well on the wing. He, he, he just as a defender. A nearly fifty percent from three over shoot like that's that's wild too, um, but it's just like man does the splits on his load up. <laughs> he spaces his legs out so damn wide. It's just it's you want to stay away from the whole injury thing because Michael Porter Jr. That was a concern, and it's like come to fruition. Like how many times in the past have there been injury concerns that didn't come to fruition? And that weren't issues. Yeah. So, Kamir, tell me this then. Uh, let's say he slides because of injury concerns. At what pick is the gamble worth it? At the, end tw- of the, lot- at the end of the lottery. Is 12 to, if he was there at 12, would you be willing to take the risk? No. No, 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 no. There's no way. Could pick Duran. Silva, what about you? What What, what pick is is the gamble on the injury history and the possible loss of that athleticism worth it for you? Yeah, I guess it depends who would be there at 12. Like if I'm choosing between him, Dyson Daniels, and I don't know, Matherin, probably lean towards Matherin. Uh, But if Matherin is not there, then I'd probably go AJ Griffin. I like him more than Sohan, Sohan, uh, for example. Yeah, and I think a lot is going to hinge on his pre-draft stuff um his medicals all that kind of stuff i think once nba teams see this guy in person can talk to him can get their doctor's hands on him uh they start to figure out a lot more i'll tell you hypothetically what this kid is if the knee is okay i think fits like a glove in oklahoma city i mean you have shea getting downhill and kicking out to to aj griffin um i mean that's just splash city and again physically i think he's already 
he's already NBA ready physically for a wing. I mean, come here, you mentioned six, six with a seven foot wingspan, two twenty five. like just visually, he looks like he plays in the league. So he's, he's an interesting one for me. I just think so much hinges on the health and the medicals and the pre-draft stuff. Uh, Before we finish up, we have how many more guys to go? Um, Just our, our top five. Before we get there, though, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about our ads for the week. What's up, Thunder fans? This is Jacob from the Uncontested Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that we have fully redesigned our merch store to get you the best Thunder swag available. Just visit cottonbureau.com and search the Uncontested Podcast to find all of our new designs. That's C-O-T-T-O-N-B-U-R-E-A-U.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to find new drops like Josh Giddy's Wizard of Oz or an ode to the Trey Man Step Back. We've also got all the classics like Dortal Combat, Lu Tang Clan, and everyone's favorite MVP, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The best part? You can get any design in the style of apparel you want. So if you're gearing up for the summer and want a tank top, needing a hoodie for the winter in Australia, or you're wanting a Pokemon onesie for your baby, we've got you covered. Make sure to go to CottonBureau.com and search The Uncontested Podcast to get your new Thunder gear today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Number five on our list, one that's going to be impossible to comp because none of us have ever watched him play any meaningful basketball, Shaden Sharp. Mm-hmm. Silva, give us your expert analysis on Shaden. He is Jamal Murray. No, I <laughs> really have no idea. Um, I here's what here's what I think. I think if Presty, if if he interviews with Presty, and the, in the front office it goes well, and Presty Presty takes him with whatever lottery pick they get. I will feel good about it because I just have to. You just have to trust that it went well. You have to trust Presty knows what the hell he's doing. That's really all we can know. You know, is there any chance that this kid does any of the testing at the combine? No. I, I see. Yes. I don't see why he would. I would. I would think there's enough hype around him already. Like, as to me, it's the same argument as him going back to Kentucky next year. Like, I think it's, it will only hurt him. <laughs> Unless mm-hmm. he can like have a forty-eight inch vertical or some stuff, you know. 
it's so hard to comp this kid. You know, um, we, we've been referring back to the ringer a lot here. Um, when you look at the ringers comps on him, they have a Paul George, taller Bradley Beal, or Jalen Green. Like three different players. Hell yeah. Him. Sign yeah. me up for all three of those. You yeah. know, it's just he hasn't played competitive basketball since he was a senior in high school. You know, we, we don't know what he's going to look like against similar athletes. Um, we don't know how he's going to hold up defensively. There's, there's just, there's so many questions that Silva, I think I'm on the same boat with you. You just got to hope that if the thunder take him, you just have to put trust in the front office that they know what they're doing. Yeah. I only say yes, because that he that he shows up to the combine because the dude hasn't like you haven't seen him all year. You don't you don't know what he looks like. What what do you what, what film are you going off of? Yeah. Just individual workouts, I guess. He's going to go in individual workouts, one on chair. Individual workouts? Everybody looks good in an open gym. Andre Robertson yeah. looks good in an open gym. That's why I don't I don't think he would do anything that would make him look possibly not good or have somebody say, "Oh, maybe that vertical is a little lower than we we hoped it would be. Like I see him doing one-on-none workouts because it's impossible to look bad in a one-on-none workout. And so like that would be a situation like you guys are like, hey, yeah, you have to trust Presty. And that would be a situation where OKC would have to bring him in for multiple workouts and including team workouts, right? Mm-hmm. I would uh, think because so. like that, that's just the thing that would have to happen because just like, I mean, like, because like we can't say, whoa, Presty wouldn't do that. We got that, that that's decided to sit out of basketball because old well, Darius Baisley sat that's out true. of basketball for a year. That's a really good point. Uh, so like we can't say Presty wouldn't do that because he already did, uh, mm-hmm. and he looks like maybe might keep Baisley. I don't know. Baisley's growing, growing into his role. It might stay on the team for a little bit longer. Who knows? But uh, that that argument that Presty would be like, no, you sat out at Kentucky. Sorry, homie is just false because I mean, like he went in and he signed a new balance intern. Yeah. I think it's fair. Um, at what pick do you feel comfortable with them taking Shaden Sharp? Like if they got pick three and took him, are you upset? I'm pissed. I think I'm, I think I'm pissed below four. I think four and lower as in like a worse pick than four. Right. I'm okay with, um, if it's like between him and Jaden Ivy and they pick Shaden, I'm going to trust the front office. Yeah. But if it's in the top three, I'm scratching my head. What if it's like him and Paolo? If it's between him and Paolo and they take yeah. him, I'm very upset. Yeah. That was the only one where I was like, oh, I don't know, but yeah, it's, uh, and I don't think they would. I, but we've talked about it a lot. I think Shaden being in this draft, just adds one more possible top level type of guy. And so if you're at the top of the draft, you feel pretty comfortable with it. We just mentioned him. Let's go on to the number four guy, Jaden Ivey. Take, take 100% of the time. The dude that he, he's a sophomore. He's 20. He, and he's not going to turn 21 till next year. Uh, That's a take, right? Like if you don't get, those first like let's say even get pick three or uh uh, maybe not pick three but pick four if you get pick four and ivy's still on the board you take him immediately uh that the dude has ball handling skills 
incredible in defense, athletic as all get out. He can shoot the ball from three, you know, uh, averaging at 37%. He could do a little bit better at the free throw line. He's six foot four. That's kind of like the only thing is that he's not a big guy. Um, but I mean, like, again, like the only issue with him is, is this idea of that he ball watches like, just like young players do. Um, and if college basketball players actually stayed in college basketball for more than one year, they'd be better at defense too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jaden Ivy fourth, maybe even third, uh, because I like him more than I like Chet. So. That's my opinion. Who would you comp him at, Kamir, if you had to give him a modern NBA comp? Oof. A lot of people love to say Jaw because of the athleticism. I think Jaw's a thousand percent ahead of Jaden as far as passing is concerned. Yeah. But besides absolutely. Jaw, don't give us the Jaw comp. Give us another one. Yeah, because Jaw can't shoot for shit. I mean, he can also build brick houses. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been he did it the entire series in the playoffs, but that's also because he's new, but also because Jaw's basically like Russell Westbrook 2.0, if you will, but actually gives a care about defense. Um, man, it, it's tough because Jaden can actually shoot the ball. He can actually shoot the ball from three because that's something that Jaw is not doing, right? Um, or not doing well. Um, and so he, just because of his size, I would say somewhere around Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I mean, that's because, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he's not six, six, he's not six, seven. He's not, he's six. He's what, what is Donovan Mitchell? Six, like three, six, three? six, four, but he's got like yeah. a seven foot wingspan. And, and so, yeah. but it's so, And with Ivy, he's got a, he's got a six foot nine wingspan. So six, four, six foot nine wingspan. Could guard dudes, maybe maybe smaller forwards if you if you could, um, but he's going to be a guy that's only going to be guarding those combo positions and maybe like smaller guys like, um, or or maybe guys like my, like Mikael Bridges, right? That started mm-hmm. the three. Mikael Bridges isn't he's not small, he's not short, but he's a guy that's not thick. Uh, he can guard he can guard threes like that, and um, so I like him a lot. Um, but his only issue for me is size. If that's realistically it, and if that's all we're looking at, and he's and if we're griping at size, and he's six four with a six nine wingspan, then like we've gone, we're 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 splitting hairs at that point. So I would honestly take him at three. I'd take him before I would take Chet. So where are you at with Ivy? I have a fun comp. I think it's uh, like twenty twenty one Tyrese Maxey. I think that one feels pretty pretty accurate. Okay. Um. If OKC takes him, the talent's there. I get it. Um, he would be a BPA type of pick. Yeah, totally. Um, so maybe I'm looking too far ahead, but what what does your defense look like if you have Shea, Ivy, and Giddy on the floor at the same time? Like I, that, that is my question. I think the talent is for sure there. The scoring would not be a question in that lineup, but I do have questions about what the defense would be. I think that's fair. I like you can get away maybe stealing Ivy minutes at the at the three. But that's it. Um, I think that it, it poses a log jam with Ivy, Dort, Trey, Shea. I, I think Josh, as he gets older, I think you can legitimately like play him at point guard on one end of the court and four at the other end. Um, I think I think Josh has a, a good frame to put on some muscle and put on some size and be like a legit four in the NBA. Um, that's always been the big holdup with me, with Jaden, is he's a guy that 
is best with the ball in his hands. Uh, and he is a guy that's going to play one of the guard positions. And I, I, I know that you've got to take best player available at this point in a rebuild and you can't worry about fit, but my brain is dumb and can't get past the, the fit part. Like if you draft Jaden, I don't see how in two years you have Jaden and Lou Dort on the same team. I think something's got to yeah. get at or that point. Jaden and Trey man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just, I think there's too much overlap. Something's got to give and that's totally fine. Right. I mean, you take the best possible player you can get just the, the fit part in my brain, my brain is just dumb and I can't get over that hurdle. Um, but he's special. He's really, really fun. And I think, I mean, with Purdue, he played with like two seven footers that clogged the lane. Yeah. You know what happens when he gets on a, a more spaced out NBA court can show off that athleticism even more dude's first step is a doozy. Like he's, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Call me. I really like the Donovan Mitchell comp, the size, the, the style of play, all of it. I just hope he's a better defender than Donnie. I mean, like, Donnie didn't give a shit about defense like this you're, whole you're, season. You're just you're just hoping that OKC lands a top three pick, um, so they can get a big guy. That's that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. what they need. They need big dudes. They need guys at the four and legitimate guys at the five. They've got the one taken care of. They got the two. Looks like the future is bright there. They've got Josh Giddy can play at the three. Of course, you could fill that up that position out a little bit more. Of course, you could trade for Kenrich. You could trade a player for Kenrich instead of a pick that everybody wants. Um, but you really you need power forwards. You need centers, and so that's why you're basically praying for a top three pick. They played six nine Jeremiah Robinson Earl at center for majority of the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, they, that, and that, that's that's what this that's that's what this draft rule boils down to. It's like, well, if you don't get that top three pick. You're gonna go like uh probably a forward or something like that because you still need to fill that out because you have too many ball handlers uh and uh, several shooting guards that you can get out of and uh you severely lack uh forwards. Uh, I mean you have Kenny Hustle, but he's also splitting time with Josh Giddy, who plays point guard a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could use a, a forward on the wing. You definitely need more power forwards. I mean, like I don't know, Poku's gonna be still there in a while. I mean, of course, like you're gonna give him another contract eventually, but they are dying for centers. So I think it's pretty clear that OKC's gonna draft a center with either their with either of their first round uh selections. Or either of the three first round selections. Let's move on into this top three. I, I think everybody um argues that this this draft has a top four, right? And then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. We're already in the top four. We talked about the one guard that's there. Now the three bigs. Let's start with Paulo Bancaro, Silva. I've I've gone through so many comps in my head. The the ringer has him as Julius Randall which I feel like is not super fair. Like I, I think he has a lot more perimeter touch than Julius Randle did and does. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what a good comp for Paolo Bancaro is. I, I don't know if he's, I think he's a lot, lot bigger than Melo. So I don't think he's that route. Uh, I don't really want to compare him with uh, what's his name for the Duke, the Duke pick who tore the ACL a bunch of times, Jabari. Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. I don't really want to compare him with that either. I think he's bigger and can do more inside than Jabari Parker did. Uh, I don't know. He's a really unique player that I think could be fun in OKC. I don't think we've had a player at all like like Paolo. Um, 
So I don't, I don't know what, what comps do you guys have. He reminds me if I decided to fuse Julius Randle and Jaleel Okafor together uh, because of his ability inside, his ability to his ability to rebound, um, and his ability to create and run the floor at the same time as he is awful on defense, on ball and off ball. Like the dude just gets bumped off the spot all the time and can get punished. Like you saw that in the tournament. Um, if you watch the tournament or if you just watch Duke in general, uh, he he's a defensive liability in my opinion. Uh, and that's not something that OKC maybe would want to touch. That's fair. There's also been some other questions that have come up with him on like off the court stuff. I mentioned how much that would play a role in Presti's decision making. Um, Sam Presti traded for a guy that stomped a guy outside an Atlantic nightclub. And we're worried about off the court stuff. That is true. (laughs) He also traded for Dion Waiters, who is basically God reincarnate. So, I mean, he's um, fun. Here's a crazy comp for Paulo. I'm going to go another mixture. That includes Julius Randle. I think the size is a good match there. And not as good as this guy, but style of play, being able to handle the ball a little bit, being able to be the ball handler in a pick and roll, shoot from the outside. Um, A less good Jason Tatum. He can space a little bit. He can handle. uh, He's a really good passer. I think he's probably the best passer of the three in in the top of the bigs here. Um, he intrigues me a lot. I also think at 6'10", 250. Why, either, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you just say that Michael Porter, Porter Jr.? I think he can handle more than Michael Porter Jr. I mean, I think Porter Jr. can do a little bit of stuff. I think Paulo can do more. I think he has the possibility to do more. Um, but the size is, is another good, for Michael Porter Jr., is another good comp. I mean, I think Michael Porter Jr. is like 6'9", Paulo 6'10". I think either A, Paulo can slim down to play in the league, or B, he could stay at that 245, 250, and I could legitimately see him playing like 40% of his minutes at the five. That's what I was going to ask. What position? You, you, what is I think he plays the four, but I think you can downsize, slide him to the five. He's got a big enough body that I think he can bang with most centers in the league. And then on the offensive end, he just becomes a matchup nightmare for people with his passing, with his playmaking, with his ability to shoot the the outside shot. I think he could be a real nightmare matchup on one end, and I think he is sturdy enough to to stand up on the other end. Come here, I do agree with you, though. The, the defense is an issue. Um, I think consistency is a big issue with him. Um, I've sometimes wondered if conditioning is an issue with him. I mean, Sam Vecini uh, had reported that he loses like seven pounds a game in in sweat like that's crazy to me that is why um he's he's fascinating i think he's really fascinating because of how big he is i think this conversation is much different if he goes to like if if he goes to like somewhere like arizona or iowa but he's a guy from duke right and if he's not a guy from duke if he doesn't have that you know blue devil uniform on I think this guy is not nearly as high up on the board. Oh, uh, fascinating. I, I I I get it. I get why he's there because the talent that he possesses. But 
there's a lot of upside, yeah, but there's also a very low floor because the dude can't play defense. Yeah. Um, the athleticism is another interesting question with me for him. Um, before he packed on so much weight, he was like a high flyer athlete. Um, and then once he got to Duke at 250, that's a lot of weight to move, right? And so some of the athleticism slipped away. I There's a happy medium somewhere in there, and I'm interested where that's at and what that ends up looking like. Uh, next guy, we got two more left. Let's go Jabari Smith Jr. Come here. Uh, he's your number one pick if you get the chance. That's it. Do you have I any mean, comps for him? Comps? I mean, like, he's 6'10". He's 19 years old. Uh, I mean, he, like, like where do you, where do you I, I, I don't, I can't think of a comp right now because... I mean, like, you know, O'Connor is telling me Michael Porter Jr., but that's not true because Michael Porter Jr., you know, wishes the, the Duke, you know, he's not that great on defense. And Jabari Smith Jr., that's one of his strengths. Like he He's a tone setter on defense. Uh, so I hate that comparison. Uh, he also compares them as shades of Harrison Barnes, a taller Harrison Barnes. And I hate that so much, even though like Harrison Barnes in Dallas was getting buckets uh, regularly when they were garbage without, uh, without Luca. Um, but I just, man, they, I can't really think of a comp, um, maybe a more athletic Chris Bosch. Uh, he Ooh, that's is fascinating. He is 6'10", 210, So he would have to pack on like another extra 20 ish pounds. Right. He's slim. Right. That, that, that's, that's, that's the issue right here. But Chris Bosch was also Chris Bosch wasn't also, wasn't the thickest guy. He had a lower center yeah. of gravity. Um, but he's a dude that's gonna, he's 43, 44% from three, 17 points a night, seven rebounds a game. Uh, you had Bruce Pearl, who I think was quoted as saying that something along the lines of basically like, this is the best player I've ever coached in my life. Um, and if OKC gets number one, I would actually be disappointed if they ended up with Holmgren instead of Jabari Smith Jr. I have a comp. And the listeners of the show might call me an idiot. You too might call me an idiot. I am prepared. I'm ready to go. Is he, I keep doing these percentages. That's that's the best way I can do these. At his peak, is he 90% Kawhi Leonard? Mm. He's bigger though, right? I mean, so what is Ka- Kawhi so, 6'7", 225. Jabari yeah. 6'10", 210 right now. I, I think, think I think Jabari in five years, will his playing weight will be 225. I think that's probably pretty fair. Do you guys think that adds like 15 yeah. pounds? Yes. I think if the ten percent that you're missing there is all shot creation, I think. But yeah. I don't think that's insane. That's, that, that's my worry with him is, yeah, he can shoot the piss out of the ball. He typically can't create his own shot. He can rise up over anybody because he's six freaking ten. But as far as like putting the ball on the deck, playmaking, if that can be developed by him, this guy's a nightmare. So then, what is he then? Just a tall Mike, a tall Mikael Bridges. I don't That's know. kind of, if if he never develops any off the dribble game, that might be it. Which I mean, Mikael Bridges finished second defensive player of the year voting this year. Yeah, could you imagine if Mikael Bridges was six foot ten? Like that's terrifying. Give four more inches to Mikael. I think if he never develops any off the dribble juice, six ten Mikael Bridges is maybe a really good comp come here. And if that's a really effing good player, it's way better than the comp that I was going to say. 
What were you gonna say? Gonna say? Just something so stupid. I'm no, ready. I, I want to hear. I was, gonna, I was gonna say third team All NBA Bobby Portis. <laughs> Dude, I hate Bobby Portis. <laughs> but I love love that call. I hate Bobby. Portis That's incredible. So much. Yeah. Hey, if he's got a right hook like Bobby Portis, maybe he's got he a career does. in boxing in his future as well. Um, I think um, the gaps that people talk about when they when they describe Jabari Smith Jr. with shot creation, um, here's a bonus to that gap in play. OKC has a lot of badass passers now, and I think uh, he would fit super well as a scorer on that team. Defending, running out in space, catching and shooting from three. And Kamir, you mentioned he's 19 years old. You got a runway to really build this guy up. I mean, even if he doesn't become like super great off the dribble in the half court, if he can be a guy that can attack a closeout, um, who can short roll and, and swing, like I don't know, is maybe another comp is a really juiced up Jeremy Grant. Like a really juiced like up that. Denver version of Jeremy Grant. I like that one. Like 110% of Jeremy Grant. Yeah. The size is about the same. I mean, I think there's going to be times where you could slide Jabari to the five for a little bit. Less he's questions, way way less questions about whether or not he's going to be awesome than to me, Paolo, or the next guy we're going to talk about. But to me, I also think I'm interested if you guys agree with this. Of these three bigs that we're going to talk about, we talked about Paolo, Ron Jabari, Chet's coming up. I think Jabari has the highest floor. Like at worst yeah. in the league, he is a starting level player who can shoot and who can defend. Mm-hmm. Right? I think his floor is very high. Winning player for sure. All right, let's move on to our... Well, I mean, we, we haven't been talking about fit, but I think the fit is undeniable in Oklahoma City with this guy, right? Yeah, this guy fits mm-hmm. almost any almost anywhere. Yep. And the, the holes that Oklahoma City has, Kamiar, you mentioned bigger wings slash like big um, shooting... Uh, a, a versatile guy, like he he checks all those boxes, right? He's, mm-hmm. I think he fits pretty seamlessly on yep. this team. Shot looks really good. Yeah, it's, dude, it's a very, very like aesthetically pleasing jump shot. Mm-hmm. Silva, our last guy on the board. Take us away with Chet Holmgren. What a, what a polarizing player, Chet Holmgren, in the state of Oklahoma. Looks like he was born in a lab to play for uh, Sam Presti's new vision of a basketball team, I think, but... A lot of questions, um, particularly when it comes to like physicality. I talked earlier about how Jalen Duran would fill that role for Oklahoma City with being a big, physical, dominating presence. Uh, I think Chet's not going to be that for a few years. I think he's going to be super useful. Uh, maybe like every every player I'm going to compare him to, I'm going to say skinnier and then that player. So like if I were to say skinnier Chris Dapps, like what kind of kind of player is that? Um, a useful player, yes. Uh, maybe not one that's going to come to fruition for two to three years, which kind of lines up for what Oklahoma City wants, I think. Um, well, I've seen a lot of Rudy Gobert comps. A lot of bulking up is going to have to happen for that. Rudy Rudy was older when he came in the league, but he yeah. also weighed like 30 pounds more than Chet. Right. So, I don't know. A lot of questions. Uh, I was talking to Conrad before the show started about what kind of athlete is Chet Holmgren. I didn't watch him all that much outside of the tournament. So I don't know. Like, is he going to run the floor and catch outlet passes from Josh Giddy? Like, is that going to be his future? Or is he going to be a guy that has a hard time stepping out beyond 10, 15 feet? I also think there's 
there's this question of, and it's impossible to answer, right? You're, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. As he puts on weight, if he puts on weight, like he'll put on some weight. Mm-hmm. Can he get to the level where you want him to? I don't know if his frame can hold that. But I think his his strength defensively right now is obviously blocking shots and the versatility defensively. But as he gets bigger, does he lose that foot speed, right? That allows him to uh, play that really like switchy um, uh, hedge and recover type of defense. I mean, it just the laws of physics, the more you weigh, the slower you move, right? And so what does that trade-off look like? Offensively, I think he's a very interesting player um, who can theoretically shoot. Uh, he can pass a little bit. He can play pick and roll. Um, but the frame is the biggest thing here. You guys know the title of the conference that Gonzaga plays in? Jacob, yes, and it just escaped me. <laughs> Literally just escaped me. I can name a bunch of conferences, and at some point I'll get that right. I'm not good <laughs> with conferences in general. Do you even know the acronym? No. Again, everything's escaping me right now. Go yeah, ahead and enlighten us, The WCC. That's uh, all you need to yeah. know. Oh, yeah. have, you ever, have you ever heard of the WCC? No. Uh, and again, so Chet got a little bit exposed in the NCAA tournament when playing against teams that were not a part of the Western West Coast Conference. That's all I needed to see. That's all I needed to see to make my decision. If OKC gets number one, they should be taking Jabari Smith Jr. over Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is a talented player on offense. He's a guy that played guard growing up and then hit a massive growth spurt and another massive growth spurt so he can dribble the ball relatively well. But like at the same time, you're not going to be dribbling in traffic at being like seven foot whatever. That's not how the NBA works these days because people are going to be swiping your hands in the lane. Um, great passer, shoot, can shoot from three, can spread the floor. Awesome, fantastic. He can block shots. Yeah, he's taller than everybody else on the court. He's, he can block shots and alter shots like Rudy Gobert. But at the same time, um, man, it, like it, it's the it's the it's the Rudy Gobert Shaq argument that Rudy Gobert said he could guard Shaq, which he is full of crap. Uh, there is no Shaq would way put Rudy in a grave. Oh yeah, exactly. As and much as I hate any, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> like any 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 big that you put in front of him is going to get inside of is going to get inside positioning on him just because the dude doesn't even weigh 200 pounds. Yeah. I think he plays the four for a while. I think that too. That's like, wild. What you yeah. just like what, what you have you're gonna have a guy that is seven foot at the four in the in this modern NBA and it's you gonna, wanna run like yeah. you like are you trying to like is OKC's future half court sets or is it running in transition? It's going to be like a Jaron Jackson situation in Memphis where he has a hard time playing the five because he gets out muscled and he fouls the hell out of people, which I don't know if Chet's necessarily going to have that problem, but you're going to want to pay, play him next to a much bigger guy for a, a while. Kind of like Jaron and Steven. Right. I think Chet has the widest outcome of these top guys. Mm-hmm. I think if he hits the ceiling, it's really high. And I think the floor is really low, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's such a wide variance there um, that that's why, like, I can see 
teams taking Chet number one. And I can see some teams who on their big board probably have Chet at like six or seven. Right. Yeah. I, I think there there's going to be a very wide variance. I think he's very maybe is he the most polarizing like top end lottery pick in the past five years? Uh, I don't I don't know about that one. I'd have I'd have to look back, but probably there are a lot of a lot of questions. It's the frame question. Like mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of questions about frame in regards to Chet. Like Zion, there are questions about how he looks like an NFL player, but that's a different conversation. And like that's an NFL player, you mean center or <laughs> defensive tackle. And that that's the thing a is like coach. I talk I talk about like how like OKC needs a center so bad and needs big men so bad, but what kind of big men are you trying to cultivate? Are you trying to get a guy that's gonna be a four that seven foot that you know is a shot blocker and doesn't really make too much sense at the four if you're being quite honest as far as his skill set because he's not he's not again he's not Jabari Smith Jr. He's not Paolo. He's not dudes that are gonna run the floor that fast. He's not gonna run in transition. So like, what kind of style of offense are you playing? Are you just gonna play pick and roll all day? If you're just gonna play pick and roll all day in the half court, then sure, go for Chet. Right, go for Chet. If you want to run in transition, then go for Jabari. Yeah. My favorite outcome in this draft for Oklahoma City is they get one and twelve, and they're able to trade twelve up to like let's say like nine, and they end up with Chet and Jalen Duran. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.